and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. As I mentioned last week, we're now calling ourselves the Dream Team. And it's me, Greg and Chris once again. Good evening, guys. Evening, guys. All right. Hello, Chris. You finally turned up. I did die. Somebody told me it was Hoffnine. Oh, no, I don't know about that. I think you've made it up. Actually, I think it used to be Hoffnine and we've got earlier since you've been uh, injured playing your... You gave me a fives or whatever it was you were doing for I, I used to play football, but I uh, know anymore. Now I've got my bad knee. Uh, you've got your bad knee. I've got my bad groin. Greg, you got any injuries? Bad back, bad back, bad neck, bad shoulder. Still playing though. <laughs> putting you, putting you youngsters to shame. I was out playing at lunchtime a day. I could barely move. I to go and take, I to take out two ibuprofen for a play as well. Is that the the amateur uh, comparison to a uh, injection? That's right, that's the, that's the replacement <laughs> for a painkiller injection. Tie the profile. Right. The time it's putting me to shame is uh, I know a bunch of people that were doing the, the Glasgow Half Marathon yesterday. One of these teams that are under two hours, it's frightening. Oh, see, I was going to do that. My physio recommended that I didn't. Otherwise, I would have been doing it, Chris, you know me. I'd signed up for it and I had to pull out through injury, so. See, you're getting... I'd have been under as well. I did do it a couple of years ago and I got 204, which I was quite proud of, apart from the fact that everybody's now beaten 2 Mark, and I'm just getting shown up for the lazy person at home. I would, I would struggle to run for five minutes. Just, I can't motivate myself. You know what, I used to say that as well, but see if you motivate yourself and you can build yourself up, you can run a half marathon. Anybody can do it. Although, I did hear somebody die yesterday, so my condolences to their family. You know what, I think I won't bother now. I think you've <laughs> persuaded me. Do you know what? See, if I was doing, I wouldn't bother with half marathon. I'd just do a full marathon. What's the point of doing a half marathon? <laughs> just <laughs> step up and do a full one, man. It can't be that much, that much harder. I've not got three hours of training on me. <laughs> no, I just couldn't do that. You're running for like four hours or something. I'd need to stop you're, for the toilet break about three know, or four you're times. Not, you're not running that fast, though, man. You're just jogging. You can just crouch in the street and do it anyway, because like you're uh, Paula Radcliffe. Aye, it worked for her, didn't it? Mm. Uh, right, so the this week's podcast, apart from the, the jogging banter, we've got the, the review section, Chris, which is quite busy this week, right. so I'm glad that you're still here to do this. <laughs> then we're going to discuss the national team, because we've got the international break coming up, and we'll be discuss our early memories, and also discuss the upcoming games of the weekend. We will discuss the prediction competition, we've got a winner for August. And that'll move on nicely to the charity bet, and we'll discuss how badly we did last week. So, Chris, I don't know where you wanted to start. Let's uh, uh, start with the European Premier Competition, the Champions League, and it's a big congratulations to Celtic for making it for there for the first time in four years. A 2-0 victory over Helsingborg. Aye. Uh, but I think we're going to discuss the first goal, because it was a wee bit dodgy. Aye, you're right, it was a wee bit dodgy. Now, you know I do like the rule book. So I decided to print it off, but I'm a bit annoyed because I've printed off about 30 odd pages and it's all wrong. It's, the layout's all wrong. I can't staple it. It's, but anyway, that's my moan over. Aye. So the ball was pinging about in the box. The ball fell to Samaras and he passed it to Hooper, who yep. tapped Not it in. Obviously. Yep. So there's a lot of debate whether Hooper was offside or not because, well, he looked, his body looked pretty much in line with Samaras's body and some folk are saying was it a forward pass was it there's lots of different interpretations so I've got the rules here and to be honest it's really simple you, you, you can get any simpler 
a player is in an offside position if he is nearer to his opponent's goal line than both the ball and the second last opponent. So there you are. It's nothing to do with Samaras's position. It's all yep. about where the ball is. And obviously there was no opponent between him and the goal line. So offside. Yep. So it was slightly offside because although he was level with Samaras, Samaras was facing the wrong way. So the ball was further back away from the goal. That's it. But so I, think, I think it's worth pointing out as well that it was his borderline, and I'm only seeing that because I'm looking at a still image. So I, I don't blame the linesman for not seeing it. The additional official, I don't think he's going to see it because... He's at the wrong angle. It's the wrong angle. The referee's at the wrong angle. So it's just, it just happens. But I think it's definitely offside. I've got to admit, at the time I looked at the linesman and thought, surely he's offside. Oh, the flickers, they were up. Fantastic. They were jumping about after that. But, uh, I mean... I, it was good to get a bit of luck for a change, but having said that, I think we probably loved our luck in the first leg, but we came away with a 2-0 victory. We got a wee bit of luck with the opening goal on Wednesday night there, but really, Celtic were the better team overall across the, the two legs of the tie and fully deserved their, their place in the Champions League. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, it was Victor Wanyama that got the, the late header to make it 2-0, but just a fantastic finish and keep us rooted to the spot. And uh, we all went into the, the Champions League draw on Thursday there, and uh, Celtic drew out Aidan McGeady's Spartak Moscow, the runners-up in the Portuguese League, Benfica, and uh, some team called Barcelona. I did a team, uh, aye. Aye. Aye, as you mentioned earlier, congratulations to Celtic. It's, it's good It's good to have a Scottish team in the group stages. I would much rather it was Rangers, but obviously... That's oh, not to be. It's not going to happen for any time soon, is it? But yeah, it's, years, it's good to, to have us out there and, and people hopefully will be looking on and, and hopefully Celtic get something from the group stages. I think that third position is probably the best they can hope for, but why not go out there and see what happens? Yeah, Enjoy the see, see, I, I disagree. I think I think second's doable in this group. My first instinct was, oh no, we've got Barcelona. But when you look at the kind of the level, the, 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 the other three teams, you're thinking they're all much of a muchness. If Celtic play to the best of their ability, they can match Sparta at Moscow and Benfica, especially at home. Now, I think Barcelona are looking at this group and thinking, 18 points is doable. So, you're almost discounting Barcelona. The only thing that might go against Celtic is the way the, the, the fixtures have fallen, because if, if Barcelona play their fourth game and they're already qualified, they might play the B team in the, the fifth and sixth matches. And unfortunately, it's Celtic that play in game three and four. So, that might benefit Sparta at Moscow and Benfica later on in the tournament. But... Even then, Barca's B team's pretty good. <laughs> Aye, you're right. I think it's going to come down to what Celtic do at home. Hopefully get as near to the maximum points you can take off the other two as possible and then see what they can get away. If they can get seven or eight points with this group, second place is very, definitely doable. But I, I, wouldn't, I must admit, I wouldn't be disappointed if we took third. Because we're pot four in this. We're not expected to qualify for anything. So if we can take what even third place in this drop into Europa League, maybe that'll do the Scottish coefficient a wee bit of boost as well. Uh, even if you finish fourth, look at the money you'll be getting and then you can build for next season. Yeah. So it's all positives for Celtic. And as you say, maybe Scottish football if we get some some decent coefficient points because uh, teams like Motherwell let us down badly. I, th- I think it's, it's worth mentioning as well that... Um... I think the SPL got, was it one and a half million, something like that? It was, so, I think they were in line to get half a million or something like that, and because Celtic qualified, they get an extra million, which is it's split between 11 different teams, so it kind of waters yep. it down a wee bit. Yeah, but but even then, you're talking about 130, 140 grand yeah, a team. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. What's the SFA got to say about that? That's what I want to know, because it's the <laughs> SFA that's sending the, the clubs to into Europe, so why is it not getting shared around the 
all the clubs, the SFA, all the members of the SFA. I wondered that as well. Surely the, the SFL and some of the, the, even the junior leagues could be getting a wee cut of this, but exactly. it seems I just it's going to the SPL teams only. So It's weird, the, the SPL don't run the show. They shouldn't run the show anyway. Well, Maybe the argument is it's the SPL that put all the teams in the first place. I don't know, but then I thought the SFA was above the SPL, so they should be they should be well, dictated. It would, it would only be well, but no, it wouldn't necessarily only be S, it only be SPL teams that would be involved in the Champions League. But I mean, I suppose there's there's a possibility there could be first division teams involved in the Europa mm-hmm. um, League as well. So I don't know how that would work if it had been a a first division side that qualified for the Europa League, whether it would be a similar windfall. Obviously, that couldn't then go to the SPL. I don't know how that would be. That would be handled at that stage. I don't know. But I, like you were saying, that uh, unfortunately it wasn't so great for the, the other Scottish teams in Europe. Uh, Muller will put up a good show against Levante. Well, that's are no mugs, as we say in Scotland. <laughs> uh, Levante beat them 1-0 in the second leg to win, was it 3-0 in aggregate? Yeah. But I mean, that's that's not bad, Muller going away to Spain, coming away with just 1-0 defeat. No, I thought that was alright. I was expecting this to be in the wrong end of a wrong end of a horse because they, they looked pretty comfortable at Fir Park and we also we had a, a vastly weakened um, team for the away leg as well and again we've had to we've had to go to the under 20s and pull some of the young guys for there into the squad so over the course of the um, the 90 minutes I mean I don't I think the first half we looked like we might have got a goal um, we'd one chopped off for offside and, and with a couple other good chances but we certainly sounded as though we created more in the way of uh, a goal threat we did in the home leg so over the course of the, the, the tie, I mean, 3 now is probably a, a pretty fair reflection in the um, in the golf between the two teams. It was just a shame we, we couldn't have nicked a goal, you know, just for the for the people that have travelled and spent a lot of money going to Athens and spent a lot of money again going to Spain. It would be great for them if we'd, if we'd nicked a goal over there, but it wasn't to be, so I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty relieved about it. Europe, it's really, it's, it's, just been a, um, it's just been a distraction this season. Um, I don't know. I, I I I just disappointed by the home legs for both the games, and we just never really put up much of a fight. So I'm kinda, I wouldn't be gutted if we didn't qualify again next year. I think it was just a disappointing kind of draw for you, because Panathinaikos have got good Champions League experience, and then you get you get lumped with Levante, who are playing in one of the best leagues in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and neither one of those ties were really like a mouth-watering European tie. Both of them were big asks in terms of beating mm-hmm. the teams involved. And it wasn't even like you're, you're drawing like a like a big Italian club or somewhere and it's a, it's a cracking away trip. Um, neither one was particularly um, particularly igniting the, the excitement. So um, that's over for another year. But as I say, I'm kind of... I wouldn't be overly disappointed if we didn't make the European stages um, next season. I mean, it's a money spinner for us. But um, other than that, really, we're so far off being... Um, being in a position to compete at that level, it's uh, it's not true. I hearts were a wee bit, uh, a wee bit more a positive journey. Thursday Aye, they they gave us a bit of a a, a bit of hope. With uh, was it five minutes to go? I think David it Templeton was. levelled the tie. As uh, well, I say David Templeton levelled it. It was a bit of help from uh, Pepe Arena as he <laughs> squirmed it over the line. But uh, unfortunately, although it probably gave the Hearts fans something to cheer for a few minutes, didn't they all last long and Luis Suarez levelled the game and took Liverpool through a 2-1 in aggregate. But for those couple of minutes, we were all dreaming. That's it. I, I mentioned uh, last week that I knew a guy who was going to be sitting in the Liverpool end. And he's on the forum, he's zippy as a jambo. And he, he told me that he was sitting in the, the Liverpool end quite close to the Hearts fans. When Templeton scored, he jumped up 
and he says he, he jumped up and he, he seemed to contain his excitement and, and sat back down pretty quickly. But when Liverpool scored the equaliser, he says that there's somebody in front of him. Uh, obviously, well, obviously everyone was jumping about, but there's a guy in front of him turned round and basically gave him a, a get it up you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's it's good to hear that. That's nice and friendly kind of banter rather than getting into any trouble. Or anything. That's so it. It's good I, to hear that. So they wound him up rather than anything else. That's it. I said he was getting banter with the guy afterwards. Aye, that's good stuff. That's good to hear. Yeah, he said there was quite a few Hearts fans in the in the Liverpool end. Uh, they were getting. They were stopping selling people with Scottish accents. <laughs> but I think there was just a few people managed to be a bit wise. And, well, Zippy is a jambo. He managed to be a, a Liverpool supporter. He joined the club. Put on a Scouse accent, did he? <laughs> <laughs> I was with a guy who had a Liverpool top on anyway, so that's a good disguise. Uh, uh, it's an odd dream for David Temple, mind you, because uh, Thursday night he's playing at Anfield against Liverpool, and then Sunday he's playing at Ibrox <laughs> against Elgin City. I know it, that it must just, be one of the, the weirdest drops in uh, football in history. But. It just doesn't compare. Eh? It's gone from <laughs> Anfield to Dreamland, Ibrox. He <laughs> would have been pouncing himself. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I don't agree with the, the abuse he's been getting on Twitter. I don't don't mean to get too serious, but. Uh, He's, he's a football player at the end of the day. He doesn't deserve that. Uh, McGowan was getting abuse for the, the five minutes that he was considering a move as well. It's just folk, folk on Twitter just need to take a look at themselves in the mirror and just... It's football. At the end of the day, it's a job. Yeah, it's, it's, this is the dark side of Twitter, I think. I mean, it's great that you've got easier access to the players and the managers and stuff because you get good information out of them at times and then other times it's just a nightmare because you get nonsense like that. David Temple has made the decision. Whether, whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't really matter. It's his decision to make. Exactly. Yep. It's one of these two. I mean, the guys, all the guys doing something after his family. He's been offered that. He's been offered to move to a club. We're going to pay him far more money than his own. So, anybody else in that boat, I'm not sure they'll be doing too different. As it's um, sort of fickle football supporters, left, right, and centre, you know, just uh, the guys away. So, forget about it. Oh, worry, about the players, worry about the players that are still in your team and forget about the guys that have gone. If somebody wanted to offer me a job for double the money, I'd jump at it. Definitely. Definitely. I'm so happy I was. I think job happiness is kind of one of the important well, things. I don't know well. if you're doubling your money. I, I, well, yeah, I mean, money's great and everything, but there's a. I, I, would, I, I don't think I'd want to be doing a job where I was earning double the money, but I was miserable the entire thing. Having said that, I don't think David Temple was going to be miserable. He, he, nah, he, was, on, he was on Twitter after the, Sunday, the game on Sunday saying how great it was for the, the Hearts fans that wished them well and then moved on to say how fantastic the, the welcome was for the Rangers fans. So yep. he seems fairly happy so far. Yeah, I don't mean to jump away from Hearts, but uh, we're talking about Rangers there. And I seen during the game, there was, some, there was a guy crowd surfing. I posted the video on the <laughs> forum. It's in the gallery section if anyone's interested. But... Aye, it was a guy crowd surfing for the for the bottom. I don't know what stand it was at, but he was crowd surfing up the stand. I'd never seen it before, but then I mentioned it on Twitter, and Chris, you mentioned Wee Andy. Wee Andy in the Green Brigade, yeah. He's been, he's been crowd surfing more than once. He has, so he <laughs> was tweeting. I've seen him reply to earlier, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> aye, and it was a, he posted a couple of videos. That's just great banter. I thought it only happened at gigs. Oh, it's, it's, it's a strange one. I'm not sure exactly how it fits in with the safety teams in Scotland. But... <laughs> just imagine it's a weird thing to see, just looking over and seeing we Andy getting passed about. Very strange. <laughs> yep. Well, I think we'll move on to the, the Scottish football stuff then. Uh, we'll start off with the midweek League Cup roundup. 
where uh, there was a few shocks. Ross County were knocked out by Wraith Rovers. Queen of the South knocked out Hibernian. Stenhouse Muir knocked out the Holders, Kilmarnock. And Queen's Park knocked out Dundee. So by the time the draw came around today, we're already down to just eight SPL teams. Yep. Um, of course, uh, the other shock was uh, First Division Falkirk going out to some wee third division team as well. A giant killing again. Yep, doing well that new team. Uh, the draw was earlier today, uh, and the most depressing thing was when Paul Band told me that he doesn't ever remember Celtic playing Wraith Rovers. <laughs> that was the first team that came out today. Uh, I remember Alan Thompson's debut. He scored a back against Wraith Rovers. And I've tried very hard to forget the 1994 League Cup final. Uh, we'll just move away for that. <laughs> uh, the rest of the draw saw uh, Rangers drawing Motherwell at home. Uh, St Mirren drawing Hamilton, Queen of the South drawing Dundee United, Hearts drawing Livingston, Dunfermline drawing Aberdeen, St Johnston drawing Queen's Park, and Stenhouse Muir drawing Inverness. I'm looking forward to pumping Motherwell. <laughs> I will. It's the um, it's just the worst possible draw for us. I couldn't believe it because I came back in for the fives and um, I was on Twitter quickly just to see who the see who we got and I said yeah, as long as we've not got Rangers <laughs> sure enough Rangers and Rangers away as well you know considering the dross that's still in the competition and we've gone and drawn them I just, I just can't believe it I'm absolutely gutted I think uh, I think had they been at Fir Park I might have been a wee bit more confident but a record in Ibrox is just appalling and I, I can't see that changing any time soon so well your last game at Ibrox was a 0-0 draw so that was uh, step it was uh, it was but I just I, yeah Oh, I'm absolutely dreading this. I'm, I'm, I'm in two minds whether to go or not because uh, I just think we're on the hiding, hiding to nothing either way. I'm sure that'll be the TV game. Looking at it, it seems to be the, the standout uh, for the TV yeah. companies, obviously. Uh, it, pro- it probably will be, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just can't get my enthusiasm. I, I can't get my enthusiasm level up to go to Ibrox any time, to be perfectly honest. I've not been there for years, but uh, I just think Rangers are going to be so up for this tie. It's not true, and uh, I just worry. I worry a wee bit. It's, uh, is it 25th, 26th uh, September? Uh, midweek, 25th, 26th September. I don't think we've confirmed exactly when the days are. but No, no. I'm sure TV companies will be the one that dictates that. Yeah, very likely. And of course, with Celtic at home and Rangers at home, there'll be different days. Yeah. As always. Okay, so moving on to the SPL roundup. Uh, I don't know why we should bother about Saturday, to be honest. It was everybody was a draw. Aberdeen now, St. Mirren now, Ross County now, Kilmarnock now, St. Johnston now, Dundee United now. Did we mention Paul Band again? Oh, I, I, I was speaking to Paul about it and he was he mentioned the return of the Paul Bands. I, well, I predicted the Aberdeen St. Mirren. I knew St. Mirren loved a 0-0, but nobody could have predicted such a boring SPL day. It was only the Celtic and Hibs game, really, that, that restored it. Aye, indeed. It was a, a, another draw, funnily enough, though. It was a two-each draw at Celtic Park. Only SPL game that had any goals. Michael Lustig gets first goal for Celtic by turning a corner in the first half. And then Celtic went on to hit the woodwork another twice in the first half, as Hibs were loving in their luck a bit. And if they thought they were lucky in the first half, they should have seen the gift they got in the second half. Uh, when Yama went off injured, so that was a good start for them because he was running the midfield. And then Lustig and Foster had some weird argument where Tom Clancy ended up going up with the ball and knocking it into the net. Aye. Uh, but it was a wee bit of bad luck for Hibs when Celtic retook the lead thanks to a, a tragic free kick which uh, Ben Williams spilled and Lustig chased in now Lustig didn't actually get enough contact on it to knock it over the line so there was a comedy moment as one Hibs defender blasted it off McPake into the back of the net very comical these yep. games 
Uh, but Hibs did get another equaliser later on when Paul Kearney danced his way through the Celtic box. I think he got a wee bit of lucky break off Adam Matthews at one point, but fair play to Kearney. He certainly played for the his way into that position. Finished well, so uh, despite, I mean, despite me saying there was a lot of luck in Hibs, I think they, they, they probably earned the, the draw for their second half performance. And uh, Even if it was against a Celtic team in the second half, had three under-20s teenagers playing in the midfield. Along with Paddy McCourt, who was pretty quiet. Just getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy McCourt getting old? No, oh, Paddy McCourt's younger than me, you know. He was the old man in the, the midfield. It was just frightening. <laughs> uh, moving on to Sunday's games. There was a shock 1-0 win for Dundee at Tynecastle. An early Ryan Conroy penalty was converted after Marius Alicus was uh, pulling back Colin Nish. A wee bit soft, but still technically a penalty. Uh, and then it was basically Rab Douglas playing an absolute blinder for the rest of the game he saved a penalty for John Sutton which was probably a good height for him but still saved it um, and he had a few other good saves throughout the game and helped Dundee get their first points and their first goal of the SPL season oh, be and that, that has lifted them off the bottom of the table let's leave uh, St Johnson bottom now but uh, the, the big news is Motherwell's 4-1 victory over Inverness which has sent them to the top of the table going into national break uh, Tom Hately scored directly for a corner that was fantastic watching that sports scene last night uh, it's only Roberto abs- Carlos that normally does that it's absolutely brilliant he's done that, that he's, he's done that before he did that in a couple of seasons against Queen's Park same corner same end whipped it right in ah, fantastic and then on top of that Michael Higdon got a nice wee hat trick his second of 2012 and although Inverness did get it back to 2-1 thanks to Richie Foran Motherwell were easy winners in the end and so uh, top of the league Gregor Aye, well, I, I sent to somebody today. You look at the teams we've played up to now, though, and um, to be honest, we should be top of the league because we've played <laughs> arguably, arguably the teams that have been uh, probably be around the bottom six. I mean, we kicked off with um, kicked off with uh, Ross County and St Johnson, then Kamarnock, St Mirren, Inverness. You look at these sides and you think, you know, if we're going to pick up points, it has to be against these teams. So. Um, we could actually have had a few more, but it's nice to be there. It's nice to get the points on the board early because it takes the pressure right off. Because you look at, Chris was mentioning there, Dundee and St. Johnson, you look at um, teams down the bottom of that league, and the longer it goes about picking the points up, the more nervy everybody becomes and the bigger the games become. So it's really important, I think, to go off to a good start, and we've done that. But that's that's all it is at the moment. It's a good start. But it is, it's, it's worth mentioning again that terms of the team we had out yesterday, it's, it's not even threadbare squad anymore. Our, our back four, the average age was just over 19, I think. Um, all the recognised centre-halves are out, are out injured. Um, Stevie Hamill was out yesterday. Tom Hartley came back in, was falling in the midfield. We've just got injuries galore and suspensions at the moment, so it's um, with, that in, with that in mind, it was a big, big three points. Like you say, it was good to get the points on the board because um, that's what I mean. That's what you did last season. You were yeah. you know, racing away with the the points when, uh, yeah, last season. Yeah. You were sitting second for a good bit of time as well. I would do. We, we used to wobble around about Christmas time and drop a few, so it's good to get a wee bit of a cushion um, before that kicks in. So I, I mean, given given we've been away in Europe as well, you know, it's been a busy few weeks. Guys are in international duty this week too, so um, it's good to get off to a good start. Aye, that's it. There's no no SPL next weekend. It's uh, the national national team, international break, and that moves us on nicely to Scotland. And before we well, discuss the SFL, yeah. <laughs> oh, we we touched on the SFL, but I carry yeah. on if you've done your prep work. Yeah, on, I was I was going to point out that Partick Thistle have continued a hundred percent record with a four 0 win over Hamilton Ackies, which isn't bad considering Hamilton Ackies knocked them out of the League Cup just days earlier. 
Dunfermline and Cowden Booth are keeping pace with him. If he uh, wins at home to Wraith Rovers, and the way United, respectively. Uh, Morton currently sit at bottom after... Uh, sorry, no, they don't. Morton beat the bottom team, Dunbarton, 3-0. We'll just edit that one out. Magic button. The magic button stops. <laughs> uh, and on Sunday, for some obscure reason, Livingston won 2-1 away to Falkirk. And uh, the SFL 2, Queen of the South hit the highest scoreline of the SFL so far this season with a 6-0 win over Arbroath. Not bad, considering the two teams were level at the top last week. Uh, fourth for a sitting second after a 4-0 win away to Stenhouse Muir, while Alas at third with a 3-1 win away to Breakingside. Albion Rovers won 2-1 away to East Fife, and Air United currently prop up the second division after a 2-0 defeat away to Stranraer. And in SFL 3, Peterhead top the table after a 2-0 win against Montrose. Sitting second behind them are Clyde, who beat Anne in Athletic 2-1. Elsewhere in the league, Stirling Albion lost 2-1 at home at Queen's Park, and East Stirling are the worst team in Scotland with no points whatsoever at the foot of the table after losing 3-0 to Berwick Rangers. And of course, Sunday's match saw the previous league leaders, Elgin City, to an early lead at Ibrox, but the bootleg Rangers rallied to win 5-1. Aye, bootleg this time. Right. <laughs> Tribute band. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed Sunday's game. Went behind again though, what's that about? I don't know, it just needs a wee wake-up call. But uh, it's alright, the goals are, are going on, Templeton, good signing. And bye. I'm a bit concerned about the defence, but but it's alright as long as we keep scoring goals. That'll be fine. Well, better then, eh? Much more entertaining to watch your team win 5 1 than it is to watch them win 1 0. That's it. Exactly. Aye, so it's almost the opposite of the Walter Smith tactics. Bye. Right, well, thanks for the review there, Chris, and thanks for pointing out that I'd forgotten all about the SFL. Imagine Sorry, yeah. that. Imagine I, forgetting. I know. I mean, you of all people should know about the SFL. I've tried to say it. That's where it's at nowadays, the SFL. And then you forget. I forgot. Damn. Next next, uh, next week's going to be a total shambles. Chris is going to have to type something up and leave it. <laughs> so, we could, so we could just read it out, because next week's going to be a, a total farce. This is one thing I'm wondering about, though. Is there SFL next week? Because sometimes there's lower league games when there's international games on as well. Uh, that's a good point. There might be. There might be. That is a good point. That's a good question. That is a good I point. Just, only just thought about it myself, so I'm not sure. Because obviously the, the big news is that Scotland are playing uh, two home games against the, the Serbians and the Macedonians. Actually, I should say the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, because I was looking this up trying to figure out why they kept being called the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. And it turns out the Greek bit complained. There's a Greek bit that's Macedonia as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the history lesson. <laughs> Aye, there's no SFL coming no. up this, which is unusual. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm not sure why that is. But yeah, I we've got two home games. It's a, a good way to start, to be honest. Uh, aye, well, puts the pressure right on as well, though, because it's you need to get two wins. Well, aye, anything less than two wins, and Levine's jacket is in a sugarly nail. I I don't know. I think I think four points might be enough. Ah, oh, come on. Against who are we playing? Serbia and who? Macedonia. Serbia and Macedonia. We need to be taking the points at home. Man, that's got to be six ah. points. I mean, look at the rest of the group that we've got. We've got Croatia, who were in Euro 2012 and looked pretty good and were unfortunate to be stuck in that group with the two finalists, Spain and Italy. Yep. Uh, so you're up against the likes of Jelovic and um, Mandzukic, that's the other guy's name. Modric. You look pretty good. Modric as well. The, the, Croatia's a good team. That's yep. the team that we're, we're going to need to worry about. But it's not just them. There's Belgium as well. And I think Belgium are a dark horse in our group. When you're looking at Eden Hazard and uh, Fellaini, Everton, there's players like that. 
I don't know if you've seen the friendly before you were 2012 they played against England. They looked really good. Yep, I did, yep. So they're the team that worry me more than anything else. And then obviously we've got Macedonia later on in the week and then there's the Welsh. And I don't know what to make about the Welsh because they've not really been doing that great in uh, qualifying in recent years. But there's a, there's a good core of a team there. There's obviously Craig Bellamy. Is he still playing or is he retired? I can't remember. I'm not sure. Not and then sure. there's, the two, there's the two lads at Celtic, Joel Edley and Adam Matthews. The last time I sat and watched Wales play, Adam Matthews was a revelation. It's quite chuffed for him. <laughs> not sure about too tough if he's playing against Scotland as well, though. I just think we're really unlucky that, that Wales managed to be shuffled down to the bottom pot because of that pesky Faroe Island student. If only he just kept his mouth shut, we could have had the Faroes. <laughs> I don't want fault. the Faroes. Don't qualify. Have you, how many times have we had the Faroes and had to go to the Faroe Islands and scrape a win? Sometimes we're scraping draws. Was it not the Faroes that we had? We just had to turn up, kick off, and we were celebrating because we won? No, that was Estonia. And then they made the Estonia, replay right? that anyway. So, and then we drew nine each in the replay game. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland are brilliant at making a complete mess of things yeah they are aye but uh, it's exciting at least we're getting a, a 3 o'clock kick off on a Saturday with all this bloody Friday night kick offs and Wednesday right. lunchtime kick offs practically it's, I, I just want the Saturday 3 o'clock and I want a Wednesday evening and that's it I don't want any of this they want any fair, of this nonsense. I'm fairly sure we're Saturday for the Serbia game, but I think it's Tuesday for Macedonia. Uh, it's, it's Tuesday at 8. Aye. I hear Seems that they're, they're talking about selling the, the TV rights to the international games collectively, a bit like the, the Champions League, if That'll you like. Good. See if you get to pick what game you can watch, that'd be fantastic. Because I think they're just trying to build so many TV slots with playing them the games mm. at these obscure times. I'm just not. I'm not a fan. I'm gonna to have to take time to adjust. But but anyway, at least we're playing on Saturday at three o'clock. Is the Tuesday game no because they want to try and get an extra day to get the guys back home ready for their domestic game in the weekend? I think I read something about that. that. Was, That's why we initially went from Saturday, Wednesday to Friday, Tuesday. That was but the no original plan. But now it's just all about money. They're just wanting TV. That's it. Aye. Aye, I was hearing Mihalovic was was mouthing off a bit, saying that uh, Serbia is better than Scotland. Aye, he would say that, eh? Right. <laughs> He's probably got statistics to back that up. <laughs> I don't want to be too pessimistic about it, but I don't really disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, aye, Maloney was. He his response was, "We do the talking on the pitch." Aye, he wasn't really wanting to get into who's better, because maybe he's just thinking the same as you. No, I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> aye, so well, how do you think we're going to line up? Because I, I give the know. McGregor... Oh, McGregor's fit. I know that one. So, it's, it's, I'd imagine he'll start if he's fit. Mr. Miyagi managed to fix his leg. That's yeah, what I heard. Nice Let's see other keepers, Matt Gilks and David Marshall. That's it, aye. Aye, McGregor will start. Aye, it's going to be. And then Mulgrew, he was out with Achilles. Aye, he's a doubt, I think, the last I read. I'm not sure if he's aye. actually been declared as out, but he's see. a doubt. He certainly never played for Celtic at the weekend there, so... Well, if he takes a couple of ibuprofen, he'll be able to play through it. Aye. So what I was thinking for the back four is I'd go Hutton right back. Didn't rate him against Australia, but I think he's the best we've got there. Caldwell, Aye. Webster in the middle, and then Grew in the left. We don't play better as did Caldwell. I don't like Caldwell. No, I, I was impressed with Caldwell. It was a different position against Australia because he played the, the whole... I played him in midfield. He said it seemed to work all right, actually. Yeah. Which is frightening because I remember Gordon Snacken trying that a few times when he was at Celtic. And 
it worked sometimes and other times it was just a nightmare. Aye. So. But I would have them uh, I'd I'd take a risk with roads up front. I'd like to see that and all. But I think we'll get Kenny Miller. Aye. If we get Miller, take him off after about seventy minutes when his face is bright red and he's huffing and puffing. <laughs> But his face is bright red at the start of the game. Bloody <laughs> Danny has. Thing is, oh, see, Miller's such a good player for. Well, he's a good player for Rangers, good player for Scotland. So I like him for that. Um, we'll forget about the kiss and the badge incident. But see his face; he just moans all the time. Oh, no. I'm not looking forward to his moaning face. No. Right. So in midfield, I was thinking it's going to have to be Naismith, right? Aye. He's a stand man. Play Naismith behind. Rhodes, I'd be a I'd have Forrest, Adam, Morrison and Maloney. I like Maloney when I seen him against Australia, I think. Um, in the squad, Forrest I'm not really sure who else. Uh, Snodgrass, I was impressed with him, but I just don't know if I want him starting. Aye. My concern with the midfield is they're just, they're, there's no much dig in it. I mean, they're missing the kind of Scott Brown... Uh, Ian Black. <laughs> whisper at Ian Black. <laughs> But, I mean, we've got what, Charlie Adam, Don Kiwi, Graham Dorrance, James Forrest, Sean Maloney, James Morrison, Matt Phillips and Robert Snodgrass. They're all more just a smaller, lighter weight, run at your defender kind of midfielder. Than yeah, Snodgrass is a solid guy, but he's solid going forward. Maybe, just... this is, maybe this is why we need to play Gary Colby on midfield, to be I... that solid midfielder. Well, it did work, didn't it? It mm-hmm. worked against Australia and, yeah, I thought he should have got man of the match. Um... Aye, and then you're going to bring in Berra in the middle. Aye. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I will wait and see. Levine likes to tell us early, so, uh, well, we'll no, probably this on Monday tomorrow. evening. Yeah. He's probably <laughs> said already who's playing. Aye. I don't see He's probably name it about Wednesday. That seems to be the... I love... I don't know why, they... don't know why did he do that? It's just playing into the hands of the opposition. Here's our team. Now you've got three days to figure out how to set it up against them. Yeah, that's a strange one. Uh, just tell them in secret. Just say, look, shh, didn't tell anybody. But now he comes out, blurts it out. Just tell Chet Young an hour before kick-off like normal. <laughs> right, so it's international break and Scotland are obviously playing, so we mentioned who would talk about our earliest memories of Scotland. Now, I was trying to think of this, and uh, my memory's rubbish, to be honest, but the earliest I can remember is probably when we faced Brazil in '98. I don't think I can remember anything before then. And oh, God. I remember this. <laughs> that, this is just depressing. Tell me you're joking. <laughs> I'm hoping he's joking. No, I, I think that's... I just... I, I think that's it. What age were you? What age was I? 98. What age were you? Well, I would have been 16. Well, 15. Jesus <sighs> Same as me, pretty much. Because my earliest memory of Scotland is the first game my dad ever took me to. And it was, what... Scotland versus Poland. It was a warm-up game for Italia 90. And that probably still depresses Greg, but at least it's a wee bit earlier. <laughs> uh, just, right, old just man, Greg, to, tell us. I'm just about to blow the two of you right out of the water here. The first... I've only I've only ever seen Scotland... I've only been to two Scotland games in my life. Twice. And the first one was Scotland-England. And I think it was 1985. It, we won 1-0. Richard Goff. Richard Goff scored right. scored by a header up at the far end, um, and I think that was eighty five. That was that was the first really? that was the first game I was at, and then I also went to I went to um, Kenny Douglas's, might have been his hundredth cap, something like that. 
there's a game and, and something to do with Kenny Douglas and it was around about the same time, sort of eighty five, eighty six, I think. Um but that's the that's the the only two Scotland games I've ever been. I've never been back in the, the National Stadium to watch them since then. I keep going to break my duck by going to a game, but to be honest, there's just nothing I can be bothered going to go and watch, you know. I'll wait until uh, I'll wait until they draw a big team maybe and, and go again. But live live that's certainly my first memories. I can remember watching I remember watching Wales Scotland in the TV, and it was a World Cup qualifier. And I, I, I don't know whether it was the night Jock Steen died, which would have been the Cardiff game, eighty-sixish. I don't think, I don't think it was that. And if it wasn't that, it could only have been seventy-seven. Now, if it was seventy-seven, I would have been six at the time, and I, I, I'm not convinced I would remember that either. So. I don't know. I, I remember us playing Wales and it was a qualifier and it was for a World Cup, but I just I can't remember whether it was it was eighty five or, or seventy seven. I suspect probably eighty five. Ah, you're definitely old, Greg. <laughs> that's ah, not for, old. for me, the memories are all Italian ninety. That's that's pretty much when my football memories all start. Is when about that kind of period. The Italian ninety was brilliant for two things that I remember. I remember Judas Johnson missing a chance against Brazil. And I remember Murdo McLeod getting that free kick in the face. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I remember. Because I blocked it the other game, and it was in that uh, the first game we played against Costa Rica, because I've just totally forgot what happened in that game. <sighs> See, I think I remember that tournament as well. Uh, I remember the the Nets for Sabutio. Definitely remember that. Why the green, white, and red? Aye. Uh, I remember it myself. It was brilliant. <laughs> Aye, Sabutio was a quality game. Aye, you always got cheaters though that used to flick. Hey, 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 use a thumb. <laughs> right, so you want to give predictions for the the game coming up on Saturday? No. <laughs> right, well I'm going to start then. I'll stick my neck out, and I'm going to say that Serbia are going to score first. I'm going to be quite precise. Serbia are going to score first, but we're going to win two one. Ah, you know what? I'll go two one as well. Why not? I think we'll probably we'll probably score first, concede to make it one each, and then score the winner. Uh, I don't know. You know me in these things. I'm no, uh, I'm not the most positive when it comes to the national team. But I, I, I just think with the first game of the qualifier, we need to get off to a win. But I, I don't think it's going to be a comfortable win. I think, I think we might just sneak it one 0 I don't think it's going to be convincing. Right. Uh, we're not going to bother doing the, the prediction for the next one because we'll we'll have done the next podcast by then because that's on the Tuesday evening. So that's it. For the predictions, we only need to do one game. That's great, isn't it? That is, that's easy. <laughs> we'll just go back to talking about Scotland memories again, because we never really talked about France 98, which is the last time we were at a World Cup. <laughs> oh, aye, but I touched a bit on the, the Brazil game. Uh, oh, aye, aye. I remember, you know what I remember at that Brazil game? I remember the morning before it, when they were in a shop trying to buy a Scotland top, trying to find one, it was selling one. Aye. I remember it was like five or six different shops, and they were all sold it, and I finally got a hold of one. So I was sitting there on my Scotland top watching this conceding that early goal and then John Collins scoring the penalty that levelled it and then Tam Boyd getting the winner. Yeah, nah, <sighs> Aye, what a Brazil team that was though. It wasn't half, eh? Uh, that was a, a, a classic. And they never won the tournament. The old Ronaldo, what happened? Was he ill? Fat Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah. But see, wasn't he fat Ronaldo back then? Aye, he, he was, was just men- He was mental, sick Ronaldo. Aye. <laughs> Aye, Bebeto, Rivaldo, Dunga, Roberto Carlos, everyone will remember him. Oh, aye, because he scored that free kick the, the year before in Le Tournois, 
that almost hit the corner flag and then bent in. That's it. Then you've got the, the Brazilian broadfoot, Cafu. <laughs> well, Leonardo, in fact, he was a sub. He came on 46 minutes on Denilson. I don't know what happened with Denilson. He was brilliant. He, he had promise and never showed up. Oh, I just remember the amount of stepovers he could do. Aye, uh, never oh, went anywhere about. Aye, those were the days. That, well, at, at that kind of age, I would have been 15. I was still... I was still going playing games of football and pretending to be players. Trying to be Denilson. That was a brilliant summer because I'd just finished school. That was me. I was going to uni that coming October or September, October. So I was between school finishing and uni starting and I just didn't have a care in the world. And it was fantastic. And I'm watching Scotland in the, the World Cup and basking in the glory of having stopped the 10 in a row. See it. Sitting with my mates, watching us get absolutely hammered by Morocco and stupid Greg Burley get sent off with his stupid blonde hair. <laughs> Didn't he be getting Burley in the abuse? He's, I don't know. He's feeling it. He was talking about buying a pie during the Rangers game. He has a pie. And he said he, he didn't want to go to the pie stand because he would have got abuse. And then he says, eh, I need disrespect to Rangers fans, but I'm not very popular. And he said, aye, in fact, I'm not very popular anywhere. <laughs> So he's upset. So just, just give him peace, eh? You hear that? You hear that? In the faint distance? That's the world's smallest violin playing with this for Burley. <laughs> Aye, poor Burley. Do, do you remember that bleached blonde hair he had after that last... Because he scored against Norway, which is the last goal Scotland ever scored that World Cup. And then, he, like, in between that Norway game and the Morocco game, he went and got his hair dyed bleached blonde. And he just looked ridiculous. Was and it? He lasted about 20 minutes in that game and got sent off. Was that why, was it the Romanian squad? Is that why they did it? Uh, the the, the whole Burley. Romanian squad done it because they yeah. qualified for the group. Oh, I thought it was because they copied Burley. I, I think you're right. I think they, they did the same thing a couple of days later. It was bizarre. Yeah. I didn't get that nowadays. No, I, I, if I remember rightly, Romania didn't get fired out in the next round. Deservedly so. He's dying in a bleach point. But was that, was that no during about the time that um, Gascoigne was... Getting his hair dyed bleach blonde. Because I remember aye. a whole load of roasters around the here had their hair dyed bleach blonde. Oh, aye, the Gaza. Black eyebrows and all that. And you're like, Jesus, give us a break, man. Because Gaza done it about, about 96, 95. That must have been, aye. Because you, Euro 96, he had the daft blonde. Aye. The daft blonde hair, so I must have been around about them. And then it died away for a bit, and then Burley did it, and it died away for a bit, and then Celtic signed Neil Lennon, and he had it. Hey Greg, you'll need to you'll need to get your hair dyed just to bring it back. Hey, <laughs> it's nearly gone that colour on its own. Actually, <laughs> no, no dye required, boy. Oh, right. Moving on to the predictor because I wanted to mention a couple of winners on the predictor. We had the the August prize, obviously, and we had the winner of the ten pound prize, and that was a prize to the highest regular poster, somebody who had posted X amount of times. You notice how I said X because I'd forgotten if it's 100 or 200 times. But anyway, that was Robert Kelly. He won £10. And the person who won £20 was the footy gaffer. But I tell you what, he's a good guy, the footy gaffer, because he said that we can use the £20 to boost the charity bet. So with that in mind, I spoke to him and asked him if he would pick the charity bet because we're rubbish at it. It's his money. Aye, that's it. Well, last week, what did we have? Celtic to beat Hibs. Obviously, a draw. Hearts to beat Dundee. They lost. Ross County to beat Kelly. They drew. Partick was the only one that was right. And that was just a last-minute addition. 
So we're rubbish at this. We're, so, we're, we're missing a trick with this charity bet. We should just pick every week Partick to win, Ross County to draw double every <laughs> single week. Because you watch, you watch the number of times that comes up yeah. over the course no of this problem. season. Right, telling you, man, it's like it's a new Paul band. When you choose, Greg, in fact, you can choose uh, the following week. You can pick right. that. That's what I'm choosing. Right. So the you f- know the other one we can start then. Man United to win and Van Persie to score. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Aye. Aye, if you want to go on the forum, there's a, a thread about uh, an Arsenal fan with Van Persie in the back. He's top. He's obviously he decided he didn't want to put it in the bin, so he has scored out Van Persie's name and replaced it with something that I won't be saying on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the footy gaffer's charity bet. He's went for three away wins. The guy knows his stuff, obviously, so I'm going to trust him. He's went for Italy to beat Bulgaria. They're 8-13. to 13. He's went for France to beat Finland. That's 8-15. to 15. And he's went for Belgium to beat Wales. They're all on the Friday night. And they're evens. So overall, because we've got that £20, add that to the tenner that we get from McBookie, and we will get a potential return of £148.62. So I'm liking the sound of it. It's not bad at all. Sounds good. Aye, so thanks a lot to the Footy Gaffer for putting up that £20. See if the Footy Gaffer gets his bet up this week. Does he get the bet the following week? I think it should be a, a rollover affair. It's like hitting penalties. If you score, you're on them for the next game. I think Aye. the footy gaffer, if he gets it better, up, so on the next one. If he wins close to yeah. 150 notes, yeah. then I he will. Yeah. So I thanks to him for that, and also McBookie for the £10 weekly bet. Well, that's us. Got to the end of the podcast. And, well, we've got to mention that Chris is going in his holly bags. I've reluctantly allowed him to take time off from the podcast. Even though he didn't ask me in advance to book in his holiday, which I told him he had to do. But I've given him given time off. And we've got a replacement, Greg. We, we oh, don't yes. need to do the, the review. Because oh, I was dreading that, having to write that review. I, I'm, I'm not very good at talking. So luckily, we've got somebody who is good at talking. T- talks a bit too much, but it's all right. Laurie is making a comeback. Hey. Oh, about time. It's... Earlier on this evening, I seen that he's googling Rudy Skatchel's name. And I think he was in the images section myself, and I just felt sorry for him. So I said, "Look, Laurie, come back on the podcast, fill your time with something decent rather than fawning over him." Put your hankies away. Put your hankies away, exactly. Aye, come on the podcast. You realise though that's going to be the average time of the podcast, jumping for just under an hour, about two hours and fifty <laughs> minutes, as he's battering on about hearts. Very <sighs> Bye. That's why he's no back last week. Wasn't much to talk about hearts. <laughs> Bye. So he's making a comeback. Chris, Good. you're a bit selfish not taking Skype with you on holiday. I know. I know. I don't think my wife has forgiven me. <laughs> I don't know what time it would have been anyway. I'll ask Mickey Mouse what he thinks of Rangers. Right. You ask him. And any of you are the Rangers or the bootleg Rangers, <laughs> just ask him, what do you think of Rangers? Well, for one Mickey Mouse outfit to another, why not? Right. There's too, there's too many digs about Rangers in this podcast. I'm going to have to change things. I'm going to that's set that's rules. Well, look at this. See, for the next three weeks, you get to have uh, digs at Celtic, so it's fine. Oh, aye, that'll <laughs> be good. <laughs> Although I'm sure Laurie will fall in with the digs at Rangers. So. Oh, aye, he'll, he'll be in the half about Templeton. 
I don't think he, he, he was uh, quite uh, generous in his praise for Templeton, I think, from what I've seen. He needs to keep his nose clean because he's, he's sucking up to the officials at Hearts writing for that daft programme of theirs. He, he's not allowed to say anything controversial anymore. He's got to toe the party line. Uh, the party line is controversial, though. It's I, suppose, I suppose Hearts <laughs> did come out and have a bit of a swing at the boy. If anything, Hearts came out and said more than anybody else. <laughs> Right, so if you're not a member of the, the forum yet, you can join us at forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk. You can log in using your Twitter or your Facebook or just a plain old account. And if you're on there, I do recommend the crowdsurfing video. It's in the gallery section or you could just PM me and I'll send you a link to it. Uh, there's also a, a video of two hamsters on a wheel, which is <laughs> nothing to do with football at all. But I found it funny. <laughs> Uh, if if you still haven't haven't seen it, I think you should. I think you'd laugh out loud. Is well. is, is it better than the, the bin hawking video? It's uh, it's, ah, it's not ah, as good as the bin hawking video. It's not as good as the bin hawking video. Because just shouting you're a bin hawker is <laughs> is good when you've been drinking. <laughs> I did get to post the the Sergio Ramos dropping the Copa del Rey under a bus video earlier as well. To another topic on the the. Uh, forum at the moment. Oh, aye, that's it. If you go in the forum and search for Alan Thompson lost the SPL trophy, <laughs> find out what that random rumour is about. A bit random, but there you are. Right, so thanks for coming on, guys, and Chris, enjoy your holiday. I'll try my best. Right. Then you get burnt now. I can't promise that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. I've been looking forward to it for about mm, 12 months now, because I've not seen it. No. I know, it's just been a weird one, eh? It's been the wettest summer in years, apparently. Yep. I don't know how many years. That just sounds better. <laughs> cheers. Right, thanks a lot, guys, eh? Right, cheers. Cheers. Bye. See you later. Cheers. Mm-hmm.